0: Welcome back to Basslingers Unrestricted. My name is Josh Mitchell. Guys, I'm sorry. It's been a few weeks since I put a podcast out. I've had Hurricane Elsa. I've had a crazy work schedule. I've had technical difficulties. Finally was able to record last night with Kevin Gunn from Gunfish TV. Wanted to pump that out to you guys. First thing, Kevin came on. He shared some great tips for river fishing. He's up in Virginia. We cover his boat, we cover power fishing, big power fishing guy. He absolutely just nailed it. Great interview with Kevin. I really appreciate Kevin coming on. So here we go. No more talking. Let's get right to it. My conversation with Kevin Gunn. All right, guys, welcome back. Today I got Kevin Gunn from Gunfish TV on. Kevin's going to come on and we're going to talk a lot about boat fishing um power fishing and we're gonna probably dip into his youtube channel kevin how's it going man uh doing good man how about you not too bad just uh, another another hot florida night man just got in from fishing and uh man it was hot but um yeah a good night but uh so kind of kind of where i wanted to start with you because we got a lot i want to i want to dive into but really the first thing is um if you could tell everybody kind of how you got into fishing what kind of got you started
1: OK, well, uh, my dad was a bass fisherman and, you know, I started at a really early age. I think I caught my first fish when I was three, I believe, and uh, really got into bass fishing when I was like six and seven years old. Uh, by seven, I was fishing with a baitcaster and just a bass just really intrigued me. And, and it was the fish that I started chasing. And my dad fished uh, tournaments and I started tournament fishing when I was 10 with him and you know basically it just kind of grew from there i just i've you know fished all my life i'm 37 now and it's just it's just a passion really is something that i love and just you never know what each day is going to bring every day is so different And, and that's what i love about fishing you know what you do one day the next day you can go back to the same body of water and it's just completely different you know and that's that's you know i like breaking down you know a body of water fishing you know figuring out the pieces to the puzzle and it's just it's just something that i love
0: oh yeah yeah and like you said um you, know, you go back the next day and you're completely different colors you're, you're fishing different baits different depths everything and, and then that, that that's the uh that's one of the intriguing parts for me as well is you know you really got to use your your mind sometimes and, and and i love it i love doing that i love figuring the fish out and they're so unpredictable that i mean I'm sure you've thrown some baits that you thought, no way, you know, no way that this color is going to work in here. And boom, you know, that's the color they want tonight. And I had that tonight. That made me think of that. But uh, so when you were, um, so when you were 10 and you were fishing with tournaments with your dad. Now, were you guys already doing boat tournaments? Were you doing some youth tournaments or, I mean, did you just jump right in with the big boys?
1: Uh, we we were fishing local you know boat tournaments um yeah i remember the very first one we fished was i went in a hardware store and actually saw it posted up uh back there at the fishing counter and and i told him i said hey i saw this uh tournament we were in there you know in the store for some reason and we went back there looked at it and we decided to, decided to fish it and that particular tournament i was actually fishing against my dad so it was <laughs> even if you were in the same boat you were still – it was an individual man tournament. And uh, and I remember my dad got second place in it. Um, and uh, I remember he caught him on top water, on an old devil's horse is what he caught him on. Right. But it just – that was just – that hit me. And I was like, man, I love this. You know, I'm a competitive person by nature anyway. And, you know, bass fishing is just it, – it's something that I like, you know, is fishing tournaments is something that I can still be competitive at, still have fun and do something that I love kind of all in the same deal. So it it started early and it's just kind of, you know, progressed. Um, I've never fished any crazy big stuff, you know, like FLW or anything like that. You know, I did fish some Federation stuff when I was a little younger, I actually have a Federation tournament next weekend that I'm fishing, but, um, but nothing, nothing huge, you know, everybody's dream is to be a pro but you know it's it's a very hard goal to attain it's a such a small percentage of of people are actually able to do that and it takes a lot of money um but just the local stuff is what I've stuck with and like I said started at a young age because of my dad it was because of my dad Now, now do you um out
0: of curiosity do you remember what you caught that day did you catch fish
1: I did. I, I, I weighed in two keepers, and I remember I caught them both on an inline buzz bait, a oh, old man. inline buzz bait. I still remember still remember the very limb that my dad caught a three and a half pounder <laughs> under first thing that morning. And that's been 27 years ago, and I yeah. still remember it like it was yesterday.
0: And, and man, Kevin, that, that just that right there got you hooked for life. You're hooked for life just from that experience.
1: Yep, for sure. And,
0: And, uh, that's amazing. Um, so, you know, from a young age, then you've been, you've been on, I'm assuming you were probably on some kind of bass boat with your dad then doing these tournaments. And, um, so you've always been on, it sounds like you've been on a boat then since you were real young. And I know now just from kind of doing you, you primarily now are you're, you're fishing for bass out of a boat. So kind of what got you, uh, hooked on? you know, got you staying, I guess on the bass boat and what kind of, what kind of boat, you like to to use um
1: well you know i grew up fishing rivers um and i still i fish a lot of lakes but you know rivers is what i grew up fishing and that's i would say i prefer to fish rivers just because it's you know what i grew up and and what i learned how to fish on um so and i did learn how to fish out of a you know an old john boat and my dad didn't have a really nice bass boat. It was actually a 1974 Wachita uh, uh, bass boat with a 50 Johnson on it. It was, nice. it, was uh, it was a very old boat. Um, but, but it worked, you know, it, it worked. Um, but, you know, I grew up learning how to fish rivers. So rivers are pretty treacherous on your equipment, you know? So um, in 2005, when I think I was 20 or somewhere around there, I decided I was going to buy my, my, not my first boat when I bought my first boat when I was 16, which was a uh a Craft aluminum aluminum boat with a 9.9. But when I decided I was going to get a little bigger boat, I bought a uh bass tracker. I went to Bass Pro and I bought a 2005 bass tracker, it was brand new. And uh, at the time, it was the only brand new thing I'd ever bought. But um, I decided to go with an aluminum boat because of the way rivers are you know, you, you they're very stumpy, there's a lot of logs shallow water and you're gonna you're gonna bump into stuff you know you're gonna you're gonna beat and bang on a boat and you know I bought aluminum then and you know my newest boat that I have now which I bought last year um, my 2020 Ranger I I stayed with aluminum you know I, I never even even though I fish big lakes I never even considered buying a fiberglass boat just because of the type of water that I fish and you know a glass boat it's good on really big water in lakes and stuff, but they're not built to be bumping against logs and trees and, you know, running up on shoals, you know, they're just not built for it. So I, you know, I stayed with aluminum. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, especially, like you said, being in the river and, and um, you know, the last video you put out, I watched with um, you guys had a heck of a time in the rain, but you caught a lot of fish and, right. and, and just, um, you know, looking in the river there, that little cut you were fishing and, I mean, it just, it just looked like there was going to be um, stumps ever, everywhere, and yeah, you got to have aluminum boat for stuff like that.
1: Yeah, um, it, 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 and I mean, even my boat, as new as it is, it has dents in the bottom of it already. It's You know, it's just, you know, yeah. just, you, you know you're going to bump stuff, you're going to tear up props, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, you know, but it's uh, it's fun fishing, and, and it's what I love, you know, where I really love to fish. Yeah. Now, I
0: was trying to figure out watching your video where you're at. And I was, I asked my buddy when I was watching, I was just by looking at the landscape and everything because I didn't, I didn't want, I was trying to guess to see what part of the country you're in. And, and I, I was going to guess the Louisiana area. Am I far off? <laughs> I'm, I'm in Virginia. Virginia. See, Virginia. See. Yep. Wow. That, that, and that's not what I was expecting for Virginia. I mean, I'm up, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania and, and not too. Well, I guess it's a little far, ten hours from Virginia. But the waters look like that. I, mean, I thought it was all dams and just
1: open water. Yeah. Now we we have um we have a lot of rivers. Um, and I'm in the southeast portion of Virginia, so we have uh we have a pretty big river system. It's the Chowan River system is the main river that runs out into the Albemarle Sound, and then we have multiple rivers that run in above where the Chowan forms. So basically. The Nottoway River is the river that I grew up uh, fishing, where I really learned how to fish. So you have the Nottoway, the Blackwater River, which is where I was at in that video, was actually in the Blackwater River. Um, you have the Maharan River, Roanoke River. You have a lot of rivers that run into that Chowan River Basin. And they all have their own unique characteristics. Uh, the Blackwater, where you saw me fishing, is very, it's very swampy. Um, has a lot of swamps that run into it, a lot of cypresses. And it kind of gives it that, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess it could give like a Louisiana feel, kind of a Bayou type <laughs> deal, you know. <laughs> yeah. well, you know,
0: I'm not good for figuring stuff out like that. But, you know, I mean, it was raining. It was hard to tell. You definitely looked like you were back in, in a nice cut and um, – yeah, I guess I was way off. Virginia. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were but...
0: Gonna-
1: yeah, well, people think I'm from Louisiana for my accent all the time well, anyway, and I'm like, I've lived in Virginia all my life. I guess I'm just... got a little country in me, but, you know... Uh-
0: yeah, that was the other thing, too, is I was listening to you talk, and that kind of persuaded me that you, might, you were from the South somewhere. And, <laughs> but I, I never would have guessed in a million years, Virginia, but... Yeah, I mean, but, you know, watching you fish up there, though, um, one of the things you guys got into that I was, I, I didn't really know anything about, though, was you, it looks like you had a lot of them big blackfish.
1: Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but we call them blackfish where I'm from, but, um, you know, bowfin is is That'd, what yeah. they actually are, you know, bowfin yep. or grintle, um, or or mudfish, as y'all call them, you know, down mm-hmm. in Georgia and Florida. Um, but yeah we have a ton of those our rivers are just loaded down with them and you know they're really fun to catch they get really aggravating and you know when you're fishing a bass tournament but um, but really really fun and you know we I've caught them up to 10 and a half pounds you know I know some places have them even bigger than that but you know we do have some great big ones around here but they're really fun to catch but Oh, man, they love to cut your line when you set the hook and take your tungsten and your hooks. Uh, and oh, it, yeah. it can get costly in a day of fishing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we got them down. I'm in Florida, and we got them down here. We call them bofin. And I, it, it looked like a bofin for me from what I could tell in your video. And But, uh, yeah, I've been victim of all you – they've know, got my bait. And, and, you know, I mean, you hook into one, and right away you're thinking, I got a big bass. You know, it's you, – you're kind of – sometimes you can kind of tell it's a bofin. But, um you're kind of hoping for the best, you know? And, um, and then both comes up, but yeah, we got them, we got them down here a lot. And I mean, you go into any neighborhood pond in here, you'll get them out of, and they, they, they get pretty big, but, uh, but I saw you had, um, you had some pike too. I was surprised. Yeah. You, I was surprised you guys had some pike now in Virginia, well, Virginia, I guess makes sense. But Yeah.
1: Yeah. We have, um, it, those are, I call them pike, but they're actually chain pickerel, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, our, our waters are loaded with them and that blackwater river, that particular river um, that I was fishing probably has more than any other body of water uh, uh, around here, you know, other than maybe like some ponds or something right. like that. But as far as the river system, that has more than, you know, that blackwater has more than anywhere. And I I don't know if it's because of the swampy water. Um, it has a it's a very like tannic, acidic water. It's a really dark uh, black color which probably was kind of hard to see in the video because it was raining and all so yeah. much but um it, it has a lot of swamps that run into it so it's very kind of in acidic type water and i don't know if it just if a lot of uh trash fish as we call them yeah. you know oh, yeah. live more in, in those types well, yeah. i'm not really sure but it is lo- i mean they're fun they're a ton of fun but like I said, when you're fishing a full-blown bass tournament, it, man, they get aggravating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I,
0: I, uh, I get some of the the pickerels down here, and and I'm being a Pennsylvania boy. I call them pike because that's I grew up in northern pike on uh, geary yeah. and you know they'd get monstrous. And I get down here, and and like you said, they're uh, they're trash fish down here, and nobody wants them. And for I, you know, I I grew up in Canada where we'd keep them and eat them, and they were delicious. And and, right um, down here, you know, they tell you to throw them on the bank and don't put them back. Same thing with the with the mudfish. But um, yeah, but they don't get too big down here. I mean, you might if you're lucky to get a twenty inch uh pickerel down here. It's a good day that I've seen, anyways. But gotcha. Um, but up uh, yeah, up north of Pennsylvania, man, we we would get them giant, giant them
1: and muskie. We'd get giant, just straight yeah. giants. But they, uh, there are some, there are some five and six pound. My dad back in nineteen seventy six. He caught a six pound four ounce chain pickerel, which is an absolute monster. Um, but that that's been a long time ago. But we do have some pretty big ones around here. But I personally have never caught one that big. I think like four and a half pounds is the biggest I've ever caught.
0: Oh yeah, and they're I I don't know how they are up there, but boy, they're they're aggressive down here, man. They will just um, blow up anything you want if they're around. They're blowing up anything you've got, man. Especially top water for me.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: Yeah. All right, so um, let's see. So, uh, so you got the boat. Everything's going good. So, um, now I see. You know, you do a lot of tournaments, especially that multi-species tournament that you did. Um, what kind of got you going on these tournaments? And um, obviously, you're enjoying them. But uh, you know, do you look? Are you looking to do any travel, or are you just kind of going to stay a little local for
1: these uh, local club tournaments? Um, you know, I, I traveled a little bit. You know, no more than a couple hours, but. Uh, like I said, I started at a young age, you know, fishing them and I've I've stayed really consistent through, you know, pretty much my whole adult life, you know, fishing tournaments and um, like I said, it's just something that I enjoy, you know, but I'm not really looking to really do a lot of traveling i would i would be thinking more doing traveling now more for my youtube channel more so than than tournaments but you know the people love the tournaments um on my channel they they love the tournament fishing and you know we we put on or i put on a tournament every thursday afternoon uh pretty much from may until the end of september and we fish from 4 30 to dark and we do that every thursday evening and we have Um, pretty good turnouts. I mean, we have 15 to as many as 25 boats in an afternoon of turn, uh, you know, afternoon tournament and, you know, and I don't want to say every weekend I fish a tournament, but probably every other weekend I fish a bass tournament, you know, and, and they're, they're not huge, but they range from, you know, 15 to 30 boats somewhere in there. And, you know, we, it's, it's the best, local fishermen around that fish them you know so i mean just because they're not big doesn't mean that the competition isn't you know hot and heavy it's it's you know the the local sticks are out there and we're all you know fishing hard against each other and it's just it's something that i really like doing i i may fish or i'm actually planning on fishing the Bassmaster open on the james river next year which is a river about about an hour and a half away from me Um, but I am planning on that fishing that next year. So that would be the biggest tournament that I've ever fished in, but it's definitely in my plans to fish that next year.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's great. And, um, now are those tournaments, um, do you guys do a lot of the multi-species or was that, is that just kind of, um, kind of like a one-off here and there?
1: That that, that was kind of a a one-time deal. Um, my friend puts on that tournament every year and I help him with it. It's a Memorial tournament. Uh, for a friend of his that passed when he was younger, and uh, so it's kind of a yearly thing, and it's uh, that's just a fun tournament. You know, it's just a multi-multi species tournament. It's not a hardcore bass tournament, so it attracts a lot more people. You know, that wouldn't fish just a full-blown bass tournament, but that want to. You know, it was a brim category. It was a you know a both in category bass category, a long nose gar category. A catfish category just a lot oh, of different wow. categories yeah. and, it w- and it was trophies given out for every category and just a really fun deal and like I said it just attracts you know a, a different genre of people that fish for different species it gets them involved and I think we I mean we had uh, I think 29 boats that tournament so I mean had a really good turnout as a, a just a really fun tournament but that's kind of a one time a year type deal um, pretty much everything else else I fish is strictly, you know, a bass tournament.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, when you get a category and you got, you know, you got brim as a category. Now, now you get you get some boats out there where, you know, some dads are taking their kids out. They're throwing a bobber. They're throwing a worm. They're, you know, it's kind of you, you kind of can tailor. You're really tailoring to everybody, not just your uh, locals that want to just go, you know, sling some bass and and um, you know. So I. I I don't see that much down here, but I really, I really like that concept of kind of spreading the wealth, kind of getting everything involved and giving everybody kind of an opportunity to, you know, they want to get involved. They want to help the cause. And uh, there's, there's a little bit of, a little bit of something for everybody, but, but kind of to go what you said though, you know, about the locals fishing the tournaments and um, some of the, the best guys to fish these tournaments are the locals because, they know where the fish are. They've been fishing them for years, you know? And then you know, so you get on there and now you got some you got some pretty good competition now because you know these guys they've been on like I said, they've been on the water, they know where they're going, they know where these fish are staging, they know where they're gonna be. And good luck trying
1: to keep up with some of these guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, anytime you fish against somebody on their home water. You know they—they're hard to beat, and and you know, like I said, our tournaments we have around here, where you have 25 boats, you're literally fishing against 25 teams. That that all is—that's their home water, you know. So you're you're fishing against you know some of the best anglers around, you know, and it, it's it's fun, it's good competition, and in the end, it really makes you a better angler. You know, oh, yeah. I, I always say if you want to be a really good angler and compete bass fishing and be a competitive bass angler and make yourself better you have to fish against people that are better than you you know and i and i you know in the recent years or or through the years i've been pretty successful um but here recently i would say in probably the, probably the last five years i would say is when i really put things together and become more successful just but it's just really from just putting time in on the water and getting beat and just saying, yeah. man, I got, I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to figure out the pattern. I got to, you know, I got to change something up, you know, that, that's really what makes you better. And, you know, it's that competition. And like I said, it is, if you want to get better as a tournament angler, you just got to go out there and fish them and you got to take those butt whoopings and, oh yeah, and in, in the end, it'll make you a better angler.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you can't, you, you can't, I mean, you need, you need seat tie. It's just for, it doesn't matter what kind of line of work you do, you know, if you want to run an excavator to, to you know, drive a semi-truck, you, you don't just hop right in and be a damn good operator. You got to put the time in and say it's the same thing with fishing, same thing with every other sport. You got to work hard. You got to put your time in and, and you grind out and, you know, hopefully good days are ahead. It's funny you say we, we talk like this because right after I watched your video today, I watched a video with Jacob Wheeler and DC on Jacob Wheeler's channel and they were fishing a... Uh, I don't know where they were. I think they were in Florida, but they hopped into a Tuesday night local tournament. Um, best, best three fish. It was, uh, 6 PM to 10 PM. And the, the, and a lot of the guys they were going against were, um, were good sticks and they, uh, the, the record was, the guys were slinging some bags. Best three was uh 21 pounds the week before and, and Wheeler and DC go out there and, um, they catch 22 pounds they catch and two eights and a seven in four hours and and i'm just like i i don't know how some of these guys do it <laughs> man you know he's wheeler found some ledge and he's slow dragging a spinner bait and they're just they, and they called out a six and a half pounder by the way and yeah yeah i don't know yeah. if you saw that and it uh, it's, it's just amazing and you know, I mean, you, you get things like that that happen sometimes where you get some stick like Jake Wheeler, who, you know, you can argue he's the best fisherman in the world right now. But, um, you know, they can get on some of these tournaments against some of these locals and, and good for them. They they just took their money back and donated the rest of it to the to the um, club's classic at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, I know if I was in that tournament, I would have done everything in my power to beat those guys, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, that would have been my goal. I don't care if I finish. 10th and they finished 11th you know I, I want i want to beat them but that that would have been really cool to fish against those guys but it's just amazing how so i said sometimes these guys can they can just pull up and they can you know i mean they're reading their they're using their technology to their advantage and everything and that's all good but uh yeah they were getting on to them but um so now when you go for these tournaments or even just leisurely fishing how mu- how much gear are you taking on the boat you try to go light or are you just bring in everything
1: man I man I got so much I got more in my boat than I need I can tell you that I got, <laughs> um I think I got I got 22 rods um you know it, it it's my my deck the deck of my boat I usually got 12 on the deck I usually got six on both sides and then I got 10 in my rod locker and um you know it, it a lot of people, say it's overkill and i mean and it kind of is you know but just through tournament fishing um you kind of learn that you know time is everything you know and 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 retying and stuff like that changing baits you know it takes a lot of time so you really want to have a setup um you know for kind of every technique you know and and you don't have to have that but just through the years you just kind of it just kind of turns into that you know you just kind of it grows and and um, you know, it, it, I and you know, I got oh man, I think like seven or eight 3, uh plainos, you know, yeah, crankbaits, oh, yeah. frogs, you know, it, and uh, you know, I got deep cranks, my lipless box full of jerkbaits, you know, I just um, you know just loaded down, and then of course then I got my chatterbaits and spinnerbaits, you know, and I just took like thirty pounds of soft plastics out of my boat before <laughs> I fished a tournament uh this past sunday and i went through my boat and i was like god i got way too i mean i got tupperwares of of uh soft plastics in my boats you know i got them separated you know crawls stick baits yeah, yeah. you know regular worms i got everything separated but i went through and kind of got the stuff out that i didn't use because um even as difficult as bass fishing may seem or was intricate you know simplifying it as much as you can is very important so you know, through the years, I've, I know what soft plastics I use, what ones I like, the colors I like, and what I have confidence in, and pretty much everything else kind of doesn't even need to be in there, you know, because yeah. um, if you don't have confidence in it, it's not the time to be using it in a bass tournament. You know, the time to use that is when you're fun fishing and you're trying to gain confidence in something, yeah. but, yeah. you know, when you're fishing in a tournament, every you need to have the utmost confidence and what you're throwing, you know? And, um, so yeah, I mean, so my boat's loaded down, you know, I, I, you know, I, I got everything in there. I got, you know, spare line, spare real parts, you know, if, if it can go wrong, I've had it go wrong and <laughs> I want to be out there on the water and be able to, to fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess I could say I go as light as I can, but it's still in most people's eyes, it would still be pretty on oh, the heavy yeah, side, yeah. you know?
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I- you know, I, I do um, – I don't have a boat, but I do quite a few online tournaments from the bank. And, and I, I you know, I got my big bag I carry and everything. And, and I try to go light, but I'm the same way. I go I, – I'm still heavy. I still got all my planos with everything you said. And but, um, but lately what I've been doing, especially if I'm going to a place that I fish a lot, I know if I'm going to throw a rattle trap on, it's going to be one of maybe three colors. I don't right. need – I don't need 15 different colors and then three of each color with me. You know what I mean? And and same thing with my plastics. I know like for me, I'm a shaky head guy. So, so I know if I'm going to go soft plastic for where I'm fishing, I'm going to throw a shaky head on and I'm going to go, I'm more likely I'm going to go with the trick worm. That's just, that's just um, that's just what works for me down here. And, and um, you know, if I got to and I always have Sankos with me and then um, you know, same thing with the crankbaits. If I got to if I got if I'm gonna throw crankbaits, it's gonna be one of a few colors. I don't, so I, you know, I make a little travel container to go, but I always still have everything in my car, you know, in case I gotta run back. But um, yeah, I save waters and I'll go a black buzzbait, I'll go a white buzzbait. I don't need four of each. I don't know, you know what I mean? Like I just, I try to simplify it, especially if it's going to waters that I'm confident in that I'm gonna catch fish on what I'm taking. You know, um, that's right. So, so then. Um, what are you throwing all this stuff on? I, I, I did see you had a lose. Are
1: you a big lose guy? Um, you know, I'm not real brand specific when it comes to rods. I kind of, I just want it to feel like what I want it to feel like, basically. You know, yeah, it, it, yeah. I kind of know the feel that I want for my rod. And, you know, I don't use a lot of super expensive, high-end, you know, $200. You know, most of my rods around the 70 to $100 mark, somewhere in there. Um, but lose makes really good rods, and and probably three quarters of the rods I own probably are lose. Um, and that's not so much because I'm brand dedicated; it's just pretty much because those rods for those techniques are exactly how I want them to feel. Yep. Um, you know, my main flipping rods or uh, worm rods and stuff like that are duckets, um, and that's because ducats tend to be a little bit more on the moderate side uh of the you know action so they kind of load in the middle of the rod and i tend to set the hook pretty hard so i like when i'm flipping and stuff like that i like for my rod to load a little bit deeper it keeps me from breaking off so much yeah um so i kind of go with ducats on that and then i got uh from my shaky head and my drop shot rod i actually use a uh, abu garcia the, their medium action spinning rods to me are like the perfect yeah. oh, action. Yeah. That seven foot medium is like perfect for me. So, um, so I go, w- go with those, you know, and then my frog and rod, uh, my open water frog. that's actually a custom made rod that I got made for me, um, by a local rod builder and he built it exactly like I wanted it because I tend to, uh, you know, I have my heavy frog rod, but when I'm throwing a frog and kind of open water or around wood. And I've done some videos on this on my channel, but I'd use probably a lot lighter rod than what a lot of people uh, would think. You know, it's a medium heavy, but it's a moderate action. And we built it to load up, you know, halfway down the blank. And I, and I think what that does, it helps me with working the frog for one, helps me walk the frog better. But when that fish comes up and blows up on it, That little bit slower action at rod actually lets that bass take that frog a lot deeper than what you would realize. Just that little bit of split second before that rod loads up into him, lets him get it a little deeper. So, you know, that's why I got the rod built like that. Um, But, you know, and I'm not a long rod guy. You know, a lot of people are, are you know, really big into these long rods nowadays, you know, seven sixes, oh, uh, you yeah. know, up to eight foot, you know, really, really long rods. And I'm a pretty tall guy. I'm six one, but I still tend to stay on the lower end when it comes to, to length of a rod. You know, like my flipping and pitching rod. I only use a seven foot, you know, oh, wow. seven three yeah. and up is the most popular, you know, but a seven foot is what i use um unless i'm flipping now if i'm and i've been to florida before and i've fished okeechobee and the glades and stuff like that you know um so when i go down there yeah i'm packing you know a 73 heavy with you know 65 pound braid you know i'm, I'm suited up a little bit heavier but for your every, you know every day flipping uh you know pad flats or flipping wood you know some uh hydrilla, you know, I, I'm just seven foot, man. It, it's just, it, it's what I like. It's what I use. It, 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 fits me well. And I just go with seven foot, you know, it's just, it, it's just kind of the long rods to me are just, I, I don't know, you know, it, you know, as far as casting, you know, you can't be as accurate with a long rod. Uh-huh. Um, you know, with like, you know, casting a spinnerbait or chatterbait or you're throwing a, a top order popper, you know, a lot of people go seven foot, you know, stuff like that. Well, just dropping down to a six eight or a 6.10, a lot of people don't realize how much your casting accuracy can increase, especially when you're in tight quarters. You right. know, you're really trying to place that lure in small pockets, you know, between some limbs, yeah. you know, tight around docks. You know, it, it really makes a difference.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I just actually yesterday picked up a. No, I'm a short rod guy myself, and I um I had a custom rod made for um a tur- a tournament series that I won, and um it was it's a seven four uh, media or not seven four heavy. It's a great great flipping rod, and uh, so I where I was fishing tonight, I wanted I just threw a rattle trap on. It. I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta try it, and. Uh, so trying to just accurately cast anything with it was so hard i'm not used to it and i uh, man i couldn't i mean i did okay but uh i was pretty much open water but um yeah it's um i i noticed that those longer rods man it's it's so much harder to cast and um but but like that rod you said with your uh frog and rod watching your video i noticed those and i and i noticed that those frogs um with those bass that bait was hooked on that man so that that uh, I don't know if you're using that rod for that specific video for those frogs you were using, but but um, you know, every one of them frog fish you had that that frog was that frog was he choked it, man. So maybe yeah, that half a second was good enough to let him get it good, you know?
1: Yeah, it it, it and, and it really is, you know, because like I said, my other rod is a seven three heavy uh that I throw my frog on, and that's for like the heavy stuff, you know, that's for the really thick pads, you know, the really really matted up hydrilla stuff like that. And I noticed that when I first picked that rod up those first couple of blow ups I get a lot of times I miss them. A lot yeah. of times I'll stick them and rip it away from them or I'll lose them. And I'm like, man, you got to, you know, with this rod, you just got to wait a little bit longer before you slam yeah. into them, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what it is. Just that slower rod, you know, really helps them, them take it deeper. And, you know, you, because I mean, as much as I frog fish and throw top water, I'll be the first to admit, when he comes up and blows up on it, man, it's hard to wait. It oh, yeah. is hard to wait, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so just any little thing like that, you know, can make a big difference in the end.
0: Oh, yeah, and especially if you've had a, an hour or two where you've been fishing a frog or some soft water and nothing, no action, and you finally get that big blow up, man, I'm the first one to rip the flux. That frog is coming flying back man every time on that first one man you just get so excited you know
1: and, yeah uh, it, it's nothing like top water fishing that's for sure
0: oh no yeah, absolutely so so with you know with this being said now I know you mentioned to me um that you're a big power fishing guy so so how'd you get into power fishing?
1: that that basically would be the river thing you know growing up fishing rivers you know you're fishing heavy current you're fishing around just tons of wood, tons of wood, you know, the heavy lay downs, big treetops, you know, and, you know, frogging and stuff like that. So it just, it was kind of, I didn't learn how to power fish early on. You know, we, I remember when me and my dad would fish, we would, you know, you hang into a big one and he take you down a tree and you get broke off yeah. and you lose them and you get all mad or whatever, you know? So it was kind of something that just, it was something i realized i was like you know you, you got to go heavier you know you got to go heavier so just through the years it kind of turned into um you know just my style turn into power fishing and that was mainly because of rivers you know just flipping the heavy cover you know flipping right into the heart of the trees and you know hanging in you know a bass right in there and it take you a minute or more to get, I mean, a lot of them, you don't get out, but Mm. some of them, you know, get hung up. You got to take your time and try to get them out. And, you know, you get broke off, you know, 20 pound test is like minimum, you know, when you're doing that stuff, you know, and uh, you know, or you're running braid, it's just kind of something that, you know, with river fishing, it's, it's, it's the style that you kind of learn to do being a hardcore river fisherman. It's just, it's just a treacherous atmosphere like I was saying earlier, for your boat and also for your equipment. And, uh, you know, it's, you, if you go under equipped, you're going to leave with a broken heart. You know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just kind of one of those deals.
0: So, so then I'm going to assume then you're probably going some heavy braid on all your, uh, all, your, all your rods in
1: when you're on the river. Oh, So some of them, you know, everything top water with the exception of like a smaller popper is braid. You know, everything buzz bait. Uh, frog. You know, all of that is braid. Uh, As far as flipping, um, sometimes I'll alternate. You know, if if I'm in clearer water, and 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 honestly, most of the time I run 25 pound copolymer. Is most of the time what I what I use when I uh, pitch. But you know, some of the heavier stuff you have to. You know, you can go braid, but for the most part, 25 pound copolymer. You can you can get by with that. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to be pitching around treetops, you know, with fifteen pound fluoro or yeah. copolymer or whatever. You know, you're gonna you're gonna end up getting broke off a lot, you know. But, um, you know, our rivers are semi clear. Not they can get muddy after heavy rains, but they're kind of semi clear. So that's kind of what makes me, on a confidence standpoint, kind of stay with the copolymer. Um, Just as a confidence thing Um, But for several years I ran straight braid And I still had good success But it was kind of Some days I was flipping and I wasn't getting bit That good and I'm like man is this my braid
0: Yeah.
1: Like are they seeing my braid You know it kind of started weighing in the back of my mind So I switched back over to Copolymer but I stay on the heavy side uh, Of Copolymer 20 pound minimum And like I said 25 is what I run On all my stuff that I'm actually Going to be uh, pitching the treetops and stuff like that. You know, all my buddies use fluoro. I'm a big copolymer guy. Um, it's just, it, it's just one of those things. I don't know. Me, me, and fluorocarbon just didn't get along that all that great, and I didn't like the way it handled. And you know, I, I fish copolymer, and it's just, it's what I like. So that's what I keep using.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not a fluoro guy, my either. And you know, down like down here in Florida, I, I get, I I can get away with the mono for everywhere I'm fishing I'm mostly just fishing open water um, a lot of lakes from the bank or um, you know some farm ponds different things like that but I got a few spots that are just loaded with you know your typical Florida vegetation lily pads and every kind of grass you can imagine and um, to to go in there I gotta I gotta switch over at least a couple of my rods and and put some braid on or you know you, you get caught up on these lily pads so easy it's you got to be able to have the line to, to get it off or, or, you know, I've, I've learned the hard way, unfortunately, many times. I've been too lazy to, to switch off the mono. And I'm usually running like 17, usually 17 pound mono. And, and uh, um, the, the braid though, you you know, uh, you said you fished Okeechobee before. So, I mean, I've fished it many times and it's just, it's just covered in grass, man. And so you gotta, you know, especially like there, you know, most guys I know that go down there, they're flipping, they're, if they're flipping there. They got the heavy 60, 65 pound braid on. And that, to me, that's a little extreme, but uh, that's a, a lot of guys swear by that. But
1: yeah, um,
0: you know, I'll, I'll switch over if I have to. I don't, I'm not, I'm not even really a braid guy either. If I'm going to go frog and I might do some, some braid or something. But other than that, you know, I, I catch good fish on the mono. So it's just kind of, for me, it's hard to, hard to make that switch. And I, I'm, I can't stand floral, man. I, I'll, ne- <laughs> I'll never understand why guys like it. I break off too many times and I, I don't have a hard hook set either. And I just break off too much. So I, I got tired of it. So I
1: stopped. It, 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 it's like, I was talking to a guy the other day. I was like, yeah, you know, if it wasn't for the concept uh, to people that floral was invisible yeah, nobody would use fluorocarbon, you know, yep. they, it, it, you know, it, it, you know, I've used tons of different brands. I've used some of the most high end fluorocarbon without saying names of it that you can use. And I've used yeah. some just, you know, and I've came away after the day of fishing with it, stripping it off, yep. putting my copolymer right back on. Because I, I remember a tournament. It's been five or six years ago. Uh, my buddy fished fluorocarbon. He was like, man, you know, you got to use this fluorocarbon. I mean, very good. I mean, the, literally some of the best fluorocarbon. He, you know, I spooled up 20-pound test, which is what I used to use, 20-pound test, big game, yeah. uh, flipping all the time. And uh, so I spooled up, and I broke off on the hook set seven times that tournament. Oh, and man. Seven times. And I got home that afternoon, and one of them was a, was a great big fish. Um, that actually blew up. I was actually reeling my speed crawl to- across the top of the pads, and uh, the whole fish come out of water. I mean, it was a it was a game changer bass for that tournament. And I set the hook and broke them off, and I was so mad. I mean, I was so mad at the end of that day. I stripped it off and I said, I will never use fluorocarbon again. And I, I've not used it since that day. I've not used yeah. it. Um, you know, but like I said, what sells itself is people think it's invisible. But you talk to anybody, yep. and my friends included that use it they're not they can't sit there and tell you that it handles better or that it has any extreme advantage over anything else you know i fish right behind guys that are using fluorocarbon in front of me you know out of the same boat yeah and i'm fishing with 20 pound you know green big game or yeah you know some of the ugliest mono you've ever seen or whatever and i'm i mean i've caught five and six pounders right behind them, right off the same tree that they had pitched to you know it's it's you know, like I said, if this what gives somebody confidence, by all means, that then they need to do it. I'm a big person when it comes to confidence. You have to use what you have confidence in. If you don't have confidence in it, you don't need to be using it. Whether that's you know your rods, reels, lures, line, whatever. Um, but like I said, what you know, floor commerce marketing strategy is is inv- invisibility. You know, and yeah. um, you know, I, I don't think it. Matters that much, so I just stick with my floor uh, with my copolymer, and it's done me well. So no need to change.
0: Yeah, I mean that's same way. I have so much confidence, and right now I, I got tied on fifteen pound, fifteen pound big game mono, and and I, I will put that against anything. And I mean I can get from Walmart. I can get you know nine hundred yards, something crazy like that for seven bucks. You know. And, yeah. And you know, and you know, yeah. I'll go through that line and I'll restring up my reels, you know, every depending on how much I'm out, you know, and and it's nothing, you know. And, and, you know, this past weekend, like a little humble brag with that mono, I got a 8 4, a 7 3, and a 6 9, all a 15 pound mono, you know, big game. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it catches big fish just like, it, you know, it doesn't have to be clear like floro, but
1: that's right. Yeah. yeah big, big game is, Really good. I used it for years and years and years. You know, I have a um, a line sponsor now that, you know, they have really good line as well that I use. But um, big game, I, I, I tell you what, I can't knock it. It is, it is some good, solid line. And it's a very good price, like you said. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. absolutely. So um, when you're out power fishing, what's kind of like your um, – what's your bread and butter? What's your go-to?
1: All right, so – you know, as far as, I guess I'll just start off with, with, you know, frogging and flipping to me is, is there's obviously other ways to power fish, but you know, frogging and flipping is kind of the first things that come to mind uh, when you think of power fishing, you know? So, um, you know, as far as frogging, you know, like I said, I use my, my custom rod that I got made, but I use 50 pound braid and a Booyah pad crasher, Booyah pad crasher. If, it, if People that watch my videos, they know Booyah Pad Crasher, to me, it is the best frog on the market. I mean, it it is, it's an unbelievable frog. Um, I've used them now for over 10 years and, you know, it walks, it's a great walking frog. They ride high in the water, the way the hook's set on the body, just everything on that frog sets up, you know, just the softness of the body. It's a really good frog, you know, so... You know, kind of when it comes to frogging, my frogs are – I'm very exclusive um, on my frogs, you know. Um, when it comes to flipping, you know, if, if I'm using braid, 50-pound braid, 25-pound, um, 20 to 25-pound copolymer um, is what I what I use if I'm going with a, a mono or a copolymer or fluoro, you know, some type of line like that. Um, but a zoom speed crawl and a strike king rage bug uh to absolute i have so much confidence in those two plastics i've caught so many big fish done really really well in tournaments and you know that's just kind of my bread and butter when it comes to the frog and to the actual soft plastics you know that's that's what i use what i got confidence in and you know of course the rage bug you have different sizes and now the zoom speed crawl, they actually make like a magnum size zoom speed crawl now. Yeah. yeah um, you know, and, and then the rage bug, they make a magnum rage bug, which is really big. Um, but typically I pitch the standard four inch rage bug is, is the standard one that I use. And then the standard uh, zoom speed crawl and the speed crawl in the spring around here tends to produce a little better. And then in the, once you get into the summer, the rage bug tends to, to, you know, produce a little better. Um, three eighths ounce tungsten is what I normally use. If I'm flipping around wood, of course, if I get into heavier stuff, you know, your matted vegetation, um, you know, I'll go up in weight. you know, and, and, um, and I might change up my hook style a little bit. Like when I went down to Florida, I was using an actual flipping hook, like the trocar straight chain yeah, yeah. flipping hook um you know a really beefy hook you know i was flipping straight braid when i was down there um but for up here typically i use a three alt owner offset wide gap that's a hook that i've used for over 20 years now and um you know it's it's an offset it's not a they call it offset wide gap you know it's it's the shape of an offset but it has a really big gap you know a bigger gap than your standard offset worm hook so um that's a hook I've used for years, caught a ton of fish on it, and I use pretty much from three alt to five alt. It kind of depends, of course, what size plastic I'm using sure. and what I'm fishing as well, you know. Yeah. But that's a super beefy hook as well. You know, you're not going to bend that hook out, no, setting with braid or anything. That's a really beefy hook. Now,
0: now, uh, so when you're going out, then are you, do you got a favorite way to? I think I know the answer. I think you're going to say frog, but. Um, you got a favorite power, power fishing way, or are you just kind of basically just going to go out and read the lake and read the time of day and kind of adjust what you think you're going to get fish or are you just, you just going to go right for that frog and see what happens?
1: Um, you know, I, I know I fish the frog a lot and I am very frog heavy when it comes to, when it comes to fishing, but you know, really I try to read the water, um, you know, and I tried to read what the fish are telling me. So like here recently, you know, early on, early spring, um, you know, up until about, I'd say about a month ago, the frog bite around here was hot. You know, they were really, really eating yeah. it good. They were choking it. Um, you know, the bite was really good. Well, it's kind of, in the past couple of weeks, it's kind of started to fade a little bit, you know. So, yeah. in other words, they're not biting it as good. Um, the fish that are coming up on it aren't committing very well. They're rolling on it. They're kind of mouthing at it you know so you're missing a lot of fish um so i kind of let the fish tell me you know what they want you know obviously i'll change colors if they're not eating it good but sometimes i just get that get that feeling you know it's kind of a you know just seeing what the fish are doing kind of what they want um you know i've caught a lot of fish on the buzz bait here I, i throw a buzz bait a lot uh with a basically like a buzzing toad style buzz bait um, catch a ton of fish on that as well. You know that's that's probably my second favorite way to catch them, and probably my second most productive way of catching them. You know, a lot of times they won't be on that frog, or they'll be a little funny on it. But that buzz bait will kind of get those apprehensive fish to to come up and eat it. You know, but it's basically read the water, let the fish tell me what they want, and you know, some days. I have to go finesse, you know. I mean, he, I mean, some days you have to do it, no matter what, you know. You <laughs> yeah. have to do it. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I I fished a tournament this past Saturday. I finished second in it, and believe it or not, I fished a lot of tournaments in, in my years. And we lost it. We we thirteen point four three, and first place was thirteen point four four. It was point oh one tenth of an ounce. I mean, literally a yeah. hundred of an ounce. It was just the, the closest. I lost by an ounce, but never by 0.01 ounces, yeah, you know, oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, but, but, um, you know, midday, I caught him that morning on the buzz bait. I caught a three and a half on a frog about ten thirty, And then the bite just, the sun got high and the bite was just fading and I just kind of could feel that it was kind of fading away. And I said, man, I got to do something. And I transitioned over to a wacky Cinco and, um, me and my partner, we ended up culling four fish with that wacky Cinco and ended up catching a, a 438 on it, which was our biggest fish. And, um, we ended up, you know, finishing second right at first place and, it, yeah. you know, oh, just yeah. under, it. um, but you know, it, it's just making those decisions, making those key changes and just paying attention to the fish. You know, of, of course, if I'm gonna go fun fishing and I say, man, I'm going to go and force feed this frog all day oh, yeah. in this buzz bait. You know, they, then I'll try to do it. But in a tournament situation, it's one hundred percent uh reading the water and trying to figure them out and figure out their bite and doing whatever you got to do to to get the right fish in the boat, you know. Um, but frogging is definitely my favorite way. Definitely a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard to beat that and it's it's hard to it's hard to beat that um that horny toad on that buzz bait. And you know, I saw a lot of that overhang and cover and you were fishing and you're, you're getting it in there and getting that good reaction strike right out of that cover and that overhanging trees. And, man, that's hard to beat. That's, that's a lot of fun to get them blow ups, man, getting it way under there, coming out, and the fish just going crazy. It's, you know, to me, I, that's, that's
1: some of the best fishing I think you can do for far as excitement. Oh, yeah. And, and that thing, a lot of people don't know it, but that thing, uh, it skips incredibly well a horny to a a buzzing style buzz toad buzz bait because of that flat body you know of that horny toad it skips incredibly well so you're able to you know put it up under those overhanging branches and those you know willows hanging over and all and literally you're skipping it up under there almost to where you can't even see it and and you know sometimes they'll just blow it you hear the blow up and you're like oh there there he is you know Yeah, yeah yeah um but, but yeah, it's a very effective uh, bait. You know, everybody needs to have that, you know, that that tool in their tackle box. That's for sure.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just from watching you fish with that, I'm going to, I fish buzz baits, but I don't fish them um, without a skirt and a uh, horny toad on it. But I fish horny toads. But so you got a believer in me, man. I'm going to, I'm going to pick some of them up probably this weekend. But um, so now uh, with this summer come, with this summer here, actually, uh, do you guys do, um, you know what, what? What do you prefer? I should say. You like getting up early, getting out there, beating the sun, or, or are you kind of one of them guys that likes to kind of get out late afternoon after dinner and and try to take it into take it the late evening here and try to,
1: you know, what what, what do you prefer, night or uh, morning fishing? Um. Well, it, you know, if I'm fishing on a weekend, I, I'm gonna try to get out there pretty early. You know, I, I like getting out there that very uh, at sunrise. Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed, but uh you know that that first in the morning that top water bite you know can be really really good and uh, up until about 10 o'clock you know and then you get kind of that midday lull and then it seems like you know five six o'clock that bite kind of starts to pick back up you know on into the evening you know so you know if if i'm gonna get up and go fishing or i say i'm gonna go fishing saturday um you know i'm gonna get up first thing that morning you know, if obviously if it's the afternoon after work or something like that, you know, I'm going to yeah. fish fish until it's dark. And, you know, afternoon fishing really can be just as good as morning fishing. It really can. That topwater bite can get really good as that sun starts to set and that that bite can get, you know, really hot. You know, I would, I would say my only exception to the morning deal would be if I'm fishing a tidal river. You know, we do have yeah. tidal rivers around here. And if you're going fun fishing, a lot of times you want to play that tide, you know? So if, yeah. uh, if you have high tide and then, you know, um, you know, you have high tide at, you know, 12 o'clock midday. And then, you know, after that, you're going to start to have that falling tide down to low tide, you know, up until, you know, evening. Then a lot of times I would wait and go to like midday because you know, those fish are triggered by that tide. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's not really even a morning thing or afternoon thing. It's like a strictly tide current driven bite, you know. So that's when you would kind of look at the tide and say, okay, we're not going to go until 10 o'clock. We're not going to go until 1 o'clock. You know, that, that would be the exception for that.
0: Yeah, is that – now for the tide, for you, is the tide getting low where it's coming down 10, 15 feet like it does in some areas – um,
1: down here in Florida, or is it just kind of dropping a little? Yeah, it is um, – yeah, it, not – nowhere near that much. Um, you know, I know some rivers, like you said, have like huge, huge tide swings. I mean, oh, yeah. massive, um, you know, 10, 15 foot, like you said. You know, these are more like three, four foot, somewhere in there, like three, four foot tides. Um, so, in other words, you know, if you're on high tide and you're flipping cypress trees in three foot of water, at low tide they're pretty much going to have like nothing on them at all, or they're going to be partially out of the water. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's it's no huge tides like that. Mainly, it's, it's three or four foot. It's yeah. kind of what the tides are. But, you know, and, and then the rivers that I fish, the the rivers that I fish the most, you know, don't even have tides. You know, they're not even tidal rivers. They're they're constant flow constant outgoing flow unless you have like a heavy wind um that's pushing back like from the sound and pushing back up the river sometimes it'll stop uh the river or turn it around a little bit but mainly it's always an outgoing flow uh on the rivers that i fish primarily they're they're not actually tidal rivers they're more like a wind-driven tide kind of yeah yeah that that tide can be tricky if i mean if you don't understand it and, and, and you know
0: and know the times, man, you could you could be you can get stuck in a bad place, man. I mean, three four three four feet—that's a—that's still a I mean, you're that's still a pretty good amount of water that you're going to be moving around, and and I mean, for one thing, it's going to change the feeding pattern of these fish, and like you said though, it's going to fire it's going to fire them up too, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: it is, and um, but you know, I mean, that's that's what's nice about. I think you know knowing where you, these these rivers that you're fishing, I'm sure you got the tide um, dialed in pretty good, so you you know when and when you can and can't get into probably some of these spots you do well at.
1: Yeah, yeah, some of them you you know you go in uh some creek because you know these rivers have a lot of creeks off of them, you know, and you kind of know at high tide you can get in them and you can fish that falling tide and sometimes the fishing can get get a little good to you and you're like, whoa, man, we got (laughs) to, we got to get out of here. Like, you know, and then you're, you're, you got a foot of water and you're kicking up mud everywhere and you, you barely get out, you know, so you definitely got to pay attention, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. So before we uh, move along to the, uh, I got a Facebook question for you. Is there anything else with the uh, power of fishing that um, you wanted to cover that I didn't
1: bring up or are you good
0: and we can move on to the Facebook question?
1: Um, you know, I mean, really with power fishing, I mean, it's, it's so many different techniques that you can, you know, you, you can power fish a a spinnerbait, you know, really you can power fish anything in your tackle box if you really wanted to. I mean, even Mm. a, even like a Magnum shaky head, I mean, you could even, you could even power fish that if you wanted to, you know, so, um, you know, power fishing is, is a term that I use for heavy tackle, heavy line, you know, and you're typically bigger baits. But, you know, you can kind of power fish, you know, anything that's in your tackle box, you know, whether it be like a square bill. I mean, you can fish a square bill on 25-pound test co-polymer beating, you know, treetops all day long in three foot of water, and you can catch absolute hammers like that, you know. So, you know, it's kind of a, a relative term to just heavier tackle, heavier line. Um, but, you know, you can really turn any technique, you know, w- w- well, even drop shot. And I mean, there's, there's, uh, that, you know, the power shot, you know, which is a power, uh, fishing technique for drop shot you know, 20, 25 pound fluoro, you know, a, with a one ounce tungsten, uh, flipping in hydrilla, you know, I mean, there's guys that do that. So there's always a spinoff of any technique that can be turned into a power fishing technique. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, my, you know, bread and butter power fishing is frogging and flipping, you know. So that's kind of when I reference it, that, that's what I'm referencing to. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, power fishing can kind of be done with, with about anything, really, you know. It's just how you use it, really.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. Um, all right, so um, so I got one Facebook question for you here. From uh, Kyle Grisby from Demfellers, he's he's got a he's got a good question that I was gonna bring up to you, but I knew I knew it was coming, so I kind of held off. But uh, he wants to know how long do you stay on a spot in the boat before you change bait, colors, or even spots compared to how long you would stay in a spot on the bank, and what do you do first when you make a change, bait, color, or spot?
1: All right. Well, I mean, that, that's a, that is a good question. That's a really good question. Um, You know, of course I'll start off with the bank fishing um, first because I, you know, I I grew up fishing. I have a boat, but I have bank fish ponds and, you know, weighted rivers and stuff like that. Um, You know, when you're fishing a pond, a lot of times you're kind of, you're kind of limited, you know, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, where you can fish at, whether it be, you know, whether you have trees and vegetation, you can't move around and you're kind of, uh, fishing in a hole or whatever, you know, so a lot of times in a pond you tend to stay in the same area a little bit longer than maybe you would on a boat. But with that being said, that's kind of relative to the body of water you're on. So it, it, and it's kind of a day to day thing as well. So, you know, say I'm fishing Gaston Lake, Gaston Lake is a big lake that is uh, close to me that I fish pretty often and uh it's a twenty-five thousand acre lake so it's a really big body of water and what you run into in the summertime and in the winter is a fish school up on you know main lake points
0: yeah
1: and you know that the fish are there you know you can see them on your electronics you know you know they're there and those those are those times when you spend sometimes 20 30 minutes sitting in one spot on one point Continually firing cast at them. And I will throw a multitude of different baits at them. You know, I, I, I'll throw, you know, if I'm fishing, you know, obviously they're probably in deeper water. Um, you know, if they're off a the main lake point, you know, throwing deep diving crankbaits, throwing a shaky head, uh, drop shot, slow rolling a big spinnerbait, you know, Alabama rig, throwing a single swim bait, you know, throwing a big 10 inch worm, uh, football jig. You know, I will alternate um, through my baits multiple times while I'm sitting there in that one area, you know, and also change colors. But most of the time for the body of water, I have a pretty good idea of what works there or what doesn't work there. So I kind of, the colors, a lot of times I may not change quite as much. I will do it, but I may not change them much. But it's more, more changing baits or alternating through baits because, it's weird how it works, but sometimes just something will make them fire. You know, yeah. it, you can drag an yeah. a, a A-rig through there or a deep diving, like a DT-10 deep diving crankbait. You won't get that reaction strike. And all of a sudden you throw, a you know, a soft body um, swimbait through there, yep. and then boom, they fire off. And it's just it, – it triggers them. And then they might fade. You got the school ignited, but that bite might fade a little bit and then you pick up the crankbait and you're on your third cast with a crankbait and you catch another fish, you know. So it's kind of trying to get that school fired up, um, you know. So some days, it depends on the time of the year and the body of water, I will stay in one area or on the same spot for longer than I will stay somewhere else. Like the rivers that I fish, that's not really a schooling deal. You know, you might find a group of fish on a shoreline per se, but finding them grouped up like in one area or on one point, you don't find that quite as much in the rivers that I fish, like the lakes that I fish, you know? Um, So it's all relative to the body of water and, you know, kind of where I'm at, you know? And like I said, the pond deal, um, you know, you're kind of, a lot of times you're limited, but I would say, you know, give it enough time to where you, you know, as long as you have confidence and as long as it's the same way with a boat, as long as I have confidence that the fish are there and I feel like I can get them to bite, I will stay at that area. But, you know, if I don't have the confidence or I'm starting to lose confidence, I throw on a multitude of baits and I'm not getting bit, that's when I'll pick up my trolling motor and, and I'll roll home, you know, and and it's crazy, but sometimes even in tournament situations, I have ran to a point, stood up, put the trolling motor down, made two casts, and said, "Nah, I ain't feeling it. Yeah, exactly. And put the trolling motor up and run right to another one, you know. And it's yeah. just so, – So it's kind of a gut feeling deal. But as long as you got confidence in that area, I say fish it out, stay there. And most of the time it's, it's going to pay off, you know, yeah. um, especially in a pond situation. You know, if you're in a smaller pond, you know they're there. The fish don't have a ton of places to be you know, if you change up baits, change colors, you know, whatever, you're going to figure something out. And a lot of times you're going to, you're going to be able to get those fish to bite.
0: Yeah, completely. Um, so, all right. So, um, transitioning now here, um, I don't want to take up too much of your, more of your time, but, uh, the one thing we kind of referenced uh, quite a few times throughout our conversation was, um, your YouTube channel. So I kind of wanted to give you a minute to talk about your YouTube channel. Maybe, maybe real quick, um, talk about what got you kind of um interested in starting it and motivated to start it and keep it up and and I, I i'll tell you you know i with so many youtube channels out there um sometimes it's hard and it can get watered down and heck i got one myself and um but you know kind of doing some research on you and and watching a couple of your videos i i i found your channel a breath of fresh air and the content that you have is exactly what I like to watch. So um, I look forward to catching up on all 225 of your videos. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, kind of long winning question there. You know, kind of what got you to get your YouTube channel
1: going? Um, well, you know, I've always kind of wanted to be able to say, you know, other than tournaments, but be able to say, you know, I – uh doing something and fishing you know kind of like a a job you know dealing with with fishing you know making yeah. a, a little bit of money at it you know and you know about four or five years ago you know i kind of contemplated it you know and and i watched youtube a lot and you know and i kind of would video and then i wouldn't you know wouldn't put anything or make any videos that i'd save screenshots and yeah. all my videos and stuff like that and You know, a couple years ago, I just I kept watching YouTube and I was like, you know, YouTube is watered down and I knew it would be really tough, but I wanted to put just pure fishing content out there. I wanted to put pure fishing, no gimmicky stuff, tournaments, and I wanted to just in all the time I've spent on the water and as much as I've learned, I wanted to just try to share it with people Uh, you know make it entertaining but just not gimmicky you know not uh, I wanted to just be pure fishing so when somebody watched my videos they could learn something uh, they could see tournament fishing they could see you know the lures that I use my techniques and you know then they could take them out and go use them and and catch fish, you know, doing, you know, something I did. And I I just said, if I could help somebody do that, then that's what I want to do, you know? And um, it's just, so it kind of started as that. And then as it grew, um, I kind of, it kind of came to reality that this could potentially become more than just uh, putting videos on there. It could, you know, in, in years coming, it maybe could turn into, what I did full time, you know, so honestly, that's the ultimate goal. Um, Truthfully, um, you know, I still got a long ways to go as far as that goes. But, you know, I just really wanted to put true fishing out there. It's so much, um, you know, so many YouTube channels out there that just have a lot of uh, stuff that I, I guess it kind of is geared more towards the younger crowd, um, and I have a lot of younger viewers that watch that watch my videos as well, but I just I wanted people to be able to take something away from what I'm putting out, you know, it, it, you know, entertainment value, fish catching, but also learning techniques, seeing how things are done, and uh, just being able to learn something from it. So that that was really why I started, and it's kinda, it's you know it's evolved. I, I feel like my editing's gotten you know, definitely better through, I've been doing it for two years now, Um, but the basis of my channel hasn't changed and it never will change. You know, it, how it is now, if I'm doing it 10 years from now, that's it's exactly how I want it to be. You know, tournament fishing, true fishing, and, you know, just that's kind of how I want it to be, and, and that's how I'm going to continue, you know, doing it.
0: And that everything you see, why I like your channel, because I – I'm 40 years old, and I and I, I don't I have cable or Fire Stick and the Netflix and all that for my wife and for her NCIS and all that garbage, you know. But um, I, I don't watch nothing but YouTube fishing, and I like watching channels like yours that are just pure fishing. I want um, to learn something while I watch, and and but I also want to be entertained by like like. your personality and i want to see you catch fish but i don't want any gimmicks i don't care about watching you catch fish on a gummy worm i don't care about your walmart challenge i don't go on and and, yeah you know that's just but like you said that kind of youtube there's a niche for it there's a good audience for it but i think that for me that's just for the younger crowd you know something and i don't make stuff like i'm my channel isn't as close to me and as big as yours but uh, I'm the same way you're gonna watch my channel and you're gonna see pure fishing you're gonna see me making fun of myself and that's that's pretty much it it's gonna be straight fishing I'm gonna try to teach somebody hopefully somebody from one of my videos and that's where I get my pleasure you know and and exactly uh, and that's what motivates me to keep doing it but so you know with that said um you know kind of closing up here Kevin what kind of tell us where everybody can find you on YouTube and all your social medias and um, any sponsors you want to give a shout out to. I'm just going to leave it to you. Just give us uh where everybody can find all your stuff.
1: All right. Well, you know, my YouTube channel was gunfish TV and that's G U N N fish TV and my Facebook and my Instagram are both the same. They're, they're gunfish TV. So you can find me on there. Um, you know, I, I, every once in a while I try to do giveaways and stuff on my YouTube channel to give back, you know I mean? Cause I, I do appreciate everybody that watches my, my videos. You know, I mean, like you said, it's, there's a lot of channels out there. There's a oh, lot yeah. of fishing, you know, YouTubers out there. So I really appreciate everybody that, that tunes in and everybody that comments and, and all, you know, and, and I've gotten really good feedback on it. And I mean, they, and really that's what it takes uh, to keep going because it's, it's not easy you know, I've been doing it for two years and I mean, I've, I've put out, uh, I mean, I want to say over 250 videos now and, you know, that's a a average of over two videos per week. And, you know, I'm I'm fortunate to be able to fish as much as I do. Um, You know, I have a wife and kids, you know, and, and uh, you know, but I have a job that I'm able to take time off with and, and uh, you know, be able to go fishing and, um, and fish on the weekends and stuff, you know, so I'm very fortunate as far as that goes, but you know, you can, you can find me on, uh, you know, on Facebook and on Instagram. And then also, you know, as far as like sponsors, like, um, you know, Balzac's fishing line, that's B-A-L-S-A-X. Uh, they are a sponsor of mine. Um, they have really good fishing line. I've been using their line now since last November and I actually used it for three months before I even, uh, decided to you know partner with them because, you know, being a tournament angler and stuff, you just can't use something that somebody throws towards you. You know, I've, I've turned down so many uh, different small sponsorships and stuff. It's not even funny. You know, I want to yeah. make sure what I'm telling people about, I want to make sure it's something that I believe in. So, um, but the website is BalzaxUSA.com. That's B-A-L-S-A-X USA dot com and you can go through look at their lines you know they have fluorocarbon braid uh, copolymer mono they have a bunch of different types of monos and uh, if you use my code gunfish tv you can get 10 percent off your whole order so uh, if you're interested in getting some good line um, you can go there and i will say that their braid is absolutely second to none and this is coming from a huge power pro guy i use power pro for probably over 20 years and I used all kinds of different braids and I always went back to Power Pro but I'm gonna tell you that that Balzac braid is some of the smoothest and the best casting line that the braid that is out there I, you will not be disappointed in it so if you're interested in it go check it out like I said um, that's one of my main sponsors you know um, I got some other stuff in the works right now. Uh, but nothing else really that I'm, you know, uh, really pushing or anything like that, you know. And um, but I do have some some deals that I'm working on that I'm pretty excited about. And uh, you know, in the next couple months, um, I'll probably come out with them, you know, on my channel. But uh, but but things are headed in the right direction. They're headed in the right direction. Absolutely,
0: and uh, you got to believe her in me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check out probably as soon as we get off here. I'm gonna check out and order some of that line and. Um, guys, if, if, uh, if you're listening, I, I highly recommend if you're looking for just pure fishing, pure tournament fishing, good fish at that, um, check out gunfish TV. Kevin does an awesome job. Your editing is great. Your fish catching is great. Immediately got me hooked in soon. The first video I watched, uh, you got me, I'm looking forward to, uh, checking out, all, catching up on all, all, you got a lot of videos for me to catch up on, but, I, um, um, going back and checking them out so with that said kevin i'm gonna call it here um i really appreciate your time tonight um i think you you gave a lot of really good insights to some things that are going to help a lot of anglers out and um thank you for everything and uh well that's it appreciate your time man have a good night
1: yeah man same to you I, i appreciate you having me on
0: absolutely man thank you again man we'll see it
1: all right take it easy man
0: There you go, guys. My conversation with Kevin Gunn from Gunfish TV. Kevin came on, and uh, he absolutely nailed it. We covered the power fishing, the boat fishing, the tournament fishing. Kevin's got a really good channel that's that's grown pretty quickly. Just straight tournament fishing, just straight bass fishing, no BS. Kevin's got a great personality on there. Um, it's a channel that I look forward to catching up on all 225 of his old videos. It's exactly what I look for when I'm trying to find some good YouTube channels. So Kevin, appreciate you taking the time to come on and chat with us and drop some knowledge for everybody. Um, As far as uh, next podcast, guys, I'm going to do a bass slingers round table. We're recording it tonight. I got some questions from Facebook. We're going to go over just some summertime. We're just going to talk shop, summertime fishing and ask some questions. We're going to have a bunch of us on there and just kind of see what everybody's throwing where everybody's fishing and uh, see where it goes. So look for that uh, next week, probably Monday. It'll be, yeah, you know what? It will be out Monday. Regardless of what happens, I'll make sure we pump that out for you guys. But um, until then, you know where you can find me, Big Guy Bass Fishing, all across social media, Josh Mitchell on Facebook. Feel free to um, send me a message if you're somebody I should talk to or you, you know somebody I should be talking to. It's really worked out with people reaching out to me um, and coming on the podcast so all right guys Till next time we'll catch you guys down the road thanks for listening